0: Welcome back everybody. Hope you guys are doing awesome. Today we're chatting all things keto and it's quite fitting because just a few minutes ago I finished eating a keto cup and I don't know if you have ever had them before from Eating Evolved. They're basically like these delicious fat bombs. Of course you can make them on your own but I order them over from Pure Feast and they've got the original keto cups. And then they also have the ones that have coffee in them and they are delicious. So they basically have 100% cacao in them, some coconut butter, MCT oil, and coffee, or the original one is obviously coffee free. They're so delicious. They are zero sugar and very high fat. So about 15-ish grams of fat, I think. And the delicious kind of fat, the kind of fat that you want to eat that's going to support your hormones and beautify your skin and your hair and your nails and all that good stuff. So if you want to check them out, you can check them out over at purefeast.com. You guys know you can save 10% over there with coupon code holistic wellness. And you can save 10% on your first three orders over $75. So check out Keto Cups. They are super delicious. And of course, the Perfect Keto products are there too. I think it's just fitting to talk about these Keto products, being that we're diving into all things Keto. So I personally love a lot of the Perfect Keto products. You've probably seen me share a lot of their products over on Instagram and in my Insta stories. So I really like their MCT oil powder. They have one that is with matcha and it's wonderful. So if you want to make lattes, matcha lattes that are delicious with high fat, that's a really great option. And then I do use their exogenous ketones. I like the chocolate and sea salt and I also like the peaches and cream. So I will use those before, sometimes a workout in the morning. If I'm fasting, I typically don't like to work out on a full stomach. So I'll wake up, maybe drink some tea, drink a lot of water, and then I'll have a little bit of the exogenous ketones. And I also love their keto collagen. So I use collagen from both Perfect Keto as well as Vital Proteins. And you can find all of that over on the Pure Feast site. So head on over there, purefeast.com. And if you guys have any questions about any of the products on there, or if there's something that I've tried and you're curious how I like it, let me know. I'm definitely happy to help. And it's so much fun shopping over on Pure Feast. I order so many of my products from there. And I love that they've really curated some of the best brands and really high quality brands. So I think you'll love shopping there. So today, all things keto, I'm super excited to interview Leanne Vogel. And many of you might already be familiar with this incredible woman. We dive into how to find your own keto. And I really love how Leanne was just really open and honest with her own sort of keto journey and how it's okay to sometimes break some of these rules, because I feel like there are a lot of rules within the keto world. And many of you might even be familiar with the high-fat, low-carb program that I run. That's our 12-week weight loss program that we run. And it's the same thing that we talk about in my program. It's okay to break the rules. It's okay to have a little bit of chocolate or wine or whatever it might be. It's really what we do most of the time that counts. And so I really loved that we were able to go there in today's conversation. So we definitely chat hormones and how... The keto diet really helped Leanne with her cycle and her period and how it really helped support her hormonal health. We talk about going dairy-free on keto, all things PMS, keto and thyroid health, delicious fatty coffees and so, so much more. So if you aren't familiar with our guest today, Leanne Vogel is the founder of Healthful Pursuit and Happy Keto Body, the best-selling author of over 11 health programs and international best-selling paperback, The Keto Diet. She's also host of the Keto Diet podcast and creator of The Fat-Fueled Living, a holistic, paleo-friendly approach to a ketogenic, high-fat diet. She has been in the field of nutrition since receiving her holistic nutrition certification in 2007. Leanne shares free videos, podcasts, recipes, and keto-friendly resources on her blog, healthfulpursuit.com. So let's dive in to today's amazing episode with Leanne Vogel.
1: Hi, Leanne. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Samantha. This is great.
0: I'm so excited you're here. I've got so many keto questions.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hopefully I have answers. (laughs) Oh, I'm
0: sure you do. But before we dive in, I would love it for you to share with our audience more about you and what you do.
1: Yeah. So my name is Leanne Vogel and I am a holistic nutritionist. I studied nutrition back in 2007. Then I was a vegan. I went off birth control, screwed up my hormones for many, many moons. And I didn't have a period for eight years. And I found the ketogenic diet right around the time where I really started caring about the fact that I didn't have a period. Those first seven years, I didn't really care much. And then I realized how important it was to have a period. Even though I was like medically trained, it just, I don't know what I was thinking, but I found keto. It totally screwed up my body originally. (laughs) And I was doing it all wrong. And then I developed what I now call the fat fueled approach, which is a woman friendly approach to a ketogenic diet and the eating style that I used to get my period back. And that was three and a half years ago. So I've been ovulating menstruating, all of the eatings, being a woman and super fertile. And that's been really fun. And so now I log over at healthfulperceived.com. I have a podcast, the Keto Diet Podcast. Last year, I came out with a book called The Keto Diet. So I've just been crushing life over here in my little corner of the internet doing all those things. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I
0: have your book right here. My boyfriend and I refer to it often. Over 125 amazing recipes in there. There's so much goodness. Yes. And I love how... Yeah, no problem. And I love how you said that many moons ago. That's so cute. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So you had no period. And what did that process look like? So you mentioned that you kind of started keto wrong and then... oh, wrong. Right. Okay. So take us through what did that all look like?
1: So when I found the ketogenic diet, there were legit three books in the entire world talking about the ketogenic diet. So I read all those three books and then I decided that I was going to be keto for 30 days. So I was vegan at the time. So I decided to just like jump all in, do the keto thing, eat the bacon and the mayonnaise and the everything that they say to do back in 2014. It really wasn't about food quality. Nobody was talking about food quality. And so what was really important to me was my macros. So I ate primarily anywhere between 75 to 80% fat in a day. And then my first mistake was not eating enough protein. So my protein was usually around 15% protein. And why I say that was a mistake... There's this thing in the ketogenic space, and everyone's really terrified of it called gluconeogenesis. And this is directly translate to the creation of new sugar. And when you're keto, a lot of people say that, ah, you can't eat a lot of protein, otherwise you won't generate these ketones, which are the healing compounds of the ketogenic diet. And so because I wanted to heal my body and also lose weight and burn fat, I didn't eat a lot of protein. And so for those first six months, I was eating limited protein, really high fat, very low carbohydrate. And what started happening is I started getting really anxious about food. I started weighing, like for example, one day, and it happened multiple times, but this one day I weighed my broccoli and I remember needing 40 grams of broccoli. I weighed it raw and then I steam it and then I added a bunch of coconut oil on it and then I ate half. But then I panicked thinking, did it say 40 grams on the scale or 80 grams? Cause that felt like a lot of broccoli. And did I read the number wrong? And then I was like taking the broccoli and putting it on the scale. And then it read 27 grams and I'm like, Oh my gosh, cooked. What happens? Just, I was just so frantic about my macros. And I started obsessing about watching people eat food. So I would watch my husband eat, watch people eat. I would go to food courts and just watch people eat. I think if I would have continued down that path, I probably would have needed to get some mental assistance. I was really not in a good place. And I started losing a lot of hair. My hair was just falling out of my head. And I have like, this is all hair. Like this is not sprayed. I just have a lot of hair. And so my hair was falling off my pillow. I had to vacuum my bed every day. I had a hard time sleeping. I went eight full days without sleeping. And I had lost a bunch of weight and I was looking really good, but my hormones weren't any better but at least I had lost the hormone weight gain that had frustrated me for a really long time. And that was kind of like the first six months I was forcing myself to fast. I wasn't eating enough of anything and I wasn't eating enough carbohydrates or protein. My macros were so important to me when they shouldn't have been. So that was kind of like the first six months of nightmare.
0: (laughs) Yikes. So it sounds like you initially were really depriving yourself too, which is what was driving you kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, with the permission of a ketogenic diet. Yeah. You know, like, well, I'm following a keto diet, and on keto, we fast. And so, if I'm hungry when I'm fasting, well, too bad. I'm following a ketogenic diet. Keto's changed a little bit since then, but there's still a lot of misinformation about what works and what doesn't work on a ketogenic diet.
0: And so, did you do any hormone testing or anything when you found out? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have, okay.
1: I have blood work every six months from the time I lost my period to the time I got it back. And when I really wanted, like in 2014, I started testing my blood once a month. So for five years, I have blood work once a month showing the hormone changes. So to give you an idea, when I started keto, I had ridiculously low DHDA. I think it was like 1.7 or something. My cortisol was 30. My TSH was six or something like that. Like it was just really high. Wow. Um, (laughs) My estrogen was 17. Progesterone was, I think like three. So you're noticing a trend here. Everything was low low, and TSH was really, really high, which meant my free T3, free T4, super, super low. And over time, incorporating a fat-fueled eating style, and we can chat about what fat-fueled is and how I did it, I started to see those levels creeping up. And the last level that I really needed to get assistance with before I got my period back was my cortisol. And once I got my cortisol under control, I got my period back. And the last hormone that I'd been really working on was my DHEA. And now that's normal. So it's a baby step thing. It's not like day one, my hormones are screwed up. Day five, solved. Like it kind of happened. Totally. To
0: yeah. And I love that you point that out because I do feel that a lot of women give up on their hormonal health and their symptoms so quickly. And it really does take time. So yeah, I appreciate you highlighting that. Okay. So you went from this sort of deprived keto diet mm-hmm. <laughs> to fat fueled. So yeah. what did that shift look like?
1: Oh, it was like the clouds parted and the angels sang and I finally (laughs) understood what to do. And it was like this voice being like, well, it's really terrifying when you eat keto or when you eat anyway, and something awesome happens, you get scared to go back to the way you were eating before because all those awesome things that had happened are going to go away. Or so you think. So. I think one of the biggest fears, and I notice this time and time again at every event and every conversation I have with somebody, it's like, but I went keto to, for my example, to lose weight. And so I lost that weight. So it had been a year since I had lost that weight. And I thought the minute I stopped eating keto, I would gain the weight back. But what we don't understand is that the ketogenic diet is such a therapeutic diet and we want it to heal our bodies that the body that we have a year from starting keto is a completely different body that held that weight. And so holding fear around change actually holds us back from accomplishing more with our eating style. So when I realized that the transition was really okay, I'm terrified because I'm going to have to go back on my ADHD medications because I had gone off that because of keto. I'm going to gain back this hormone weight gain my training is going to suffer because keto had been really great for my running and my lifting. And I don't want to go back to that life. But I also can't live a life of not sleeping. My hair is falling out and I can't practice yoga because my legs are falling asleep in pigeon pose. That really sucks. And so I just figured there had to have been a merge between both the world of keto and the world of holistic nutrition. Like I went to school for this. I paid a lot of money for this education. Mm-hmm. Let's put this to work. And so that's when I developed Fat Fueled. And there were three, not rules, but intentions like principles. That I had. Yeah, yeah, principles is a better word. First is I'm going to eat enough, and I'm going to eat carbs. Was the second one, and I'm not going to force myself to fast anymore. So day one. I woke up and I had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I was reading a lot of research papers around that time that actually incorporating carbs in the evening or your last meal of the day on your ketogenic diet won't actually do anything other than provide you with carbs. You'll wake up the next morning, you'll still be in ketosis and everything's fine. So I started eating carbs in the evening and I started eating a lot more. There were periods where I was eating five times more a day than what I had been eating previously. And after three months of eating this way and watching my hormones increase in a positive way, I reached out to the Healthful Pursuit community and said, hey, I think I'm on to something. Do you guys want to like follow along and see what happens? And over 500 women said, yeah, I'll do this.
0: Amazing. So-
1: They followed this protocol that we had put together. We had focus groups. People were starting to feel better, look better. Their moods were stabilizing. They were losing weight. Their hormones were getting more balanced. And then I got my period back after the ninth month. And that was like, okay, this worked. I need to write a book about it. And that was my second digital program called Fat Fueled that came out in 2015 on it.
0: Amazing. I love that you had so many women join and that's so incredible because it gives you a lot of great testimonials as well, which is so wonderful.
1: Totally. And they were so terrified. Like, thanks for for joining in on that and following me into the fire because when somebody says, so we're going to eat a ketogenic diet, but then we're also going to have sweet potatoes and the odd cupcake. It's like, Who is this woman? (laughs) Totally.
0: Yeah. So I love that because I do feel that there's this big fear of carbs. And I know personally, I kind of do a bit of a modified keto with like a modified AIP diet, like autoimmune paleo. So I kind of do a bit of both. And I mean, for myself personally, and I do think that it does have to come down to really tuning into your body and what your body needs, eliminating grains and gluten and so many carbohydrates having some sweet potato or spaghetti squash or something in the evening was really supporting my sleep because it really does help with your melatonin production. So I know for myself, I needed to make those tweaks and essentially do do what works for me.
1: Yeah. And serotonin, so you're happier and tryptophan. Mm -hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's sweet magic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I love that. Okay. So obviously you mentioned about you know your period and so it took about nine months to get your period back. Yep. That's amazing. And Definitely
1: so nine months to the day, it was pretty creepy actually. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So can we
0: talk about how we can use our period as a biomarker for health?
1: Yes. One of my most favorite topics, because If you don't have a period right now, or it's super irregular, it's a good sign that something's not right. And that something not right could be what you're eating, the relationships you have with people. I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy things. And I'm sure you'd agree, Samantha, like sometimes people just move out of a house they hate and all of a sudden their hormones get better because they're not stressed and they're not worried about a bunch of things. And so if you are getting a period that's just not as regular, that's a great sign if your cravings come at different times, let's say you crave meat more during your progesterone upswing. So when you're ovulating, you crave more protein. And when you have your period, you're craving more carbohydrates. That can tell you a little bit about where your insulin is at. In fact, carbohydrates will help drive down estrogen. So technically when you should want those carbs is switched. At least for my body, I find when I crave carbohydrates when I'm ovulating, I have a better ovulation period time than if I crave carbohydrates during my period. And so just knowing that, what foods am I craving at different times of my cycle? What does that tell me about? You know, did I have a good cycle last month when I found that I really loved protein? During my ovulation time? Or did I do better when I had carbs a couple of days before my period? All those things can be tweaked. And what I'm really digging right now is blood color. What's happening during your flow? What color is that blood? If it's bright red, that's different than if it's a darker red. If it's like a dark, rusty red, then that's probably old blood, probably from your last cycle. And so, why did that happen? Was your progesterone a little bit too high during your period that you didn't totally slough off? I mean, there's all these little intricacies. And when I first got my first period, I lasted probably 20 minutes and I'm like, this is stupid. I don't want this. It's painful. I'm sore. I'm bloated. I want all the foods. What's wrong with me? And a period should be this Time where hopefully you're using like a menstruation cup because it'll change your life. Yes,
0: um, I have not yet. What? I know. Oh I know. I think about it every single month when I get you my period. On
1: Amazon right now and just like <laughs> order one. I really like the Diva cup, but people say they don't like it because it's too thick. But I love it. And okay. oh my gosh, you can like I totally geek out over this. But I, I hear like- it's life changing. Yeah, you can see your flow and you know how much it even has little markers on it, so you know how much you're bleeding in a certain period of time. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff! But it should be your period, should just be like a couple of days, maybe about five days, where yeah, the first day, maybe you're a little bit bloated, your belly is a little bit bigger and you're carrying a little bit more water and maybe you're a little bit tired the day before, the first day, you know, the day before your period, the day of your period, the first day of your period and then it just kind of should be smooth sailing. And so if it's not, then that is also a good indication that things need to be adjusted. I find if I do too many carb ups the month before my next period, I'm dealing with a lot more pain like period pain. Whereas if I find that if my carb ups are like once a week, twice a week, I usually have a pretty good period. So all those little things add up to how you experience your menstruation.
0: Absolutely. I work with so many women and I feel like at the end of the day, what I ultimately do is balance blood sugar. It doesn't sound very sexy, but that's pretty much what I'm doing. and. I find that so many women who once we get their blood sugar sort of normalized or we're addressing something like insulin resistance, oh man, their periods and their cycles just totally transform for the better.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I had a couple of periods, well, my last three actually. It's like, wait, did I have my period? you know, I was using the diva cup and everything, but I didn't really experience anything else. It was like, yes, awesome. finally. And then you have that one month where it's super painful and you're like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay. Back to basics, but totally part of it, but you can use it to your benefit and bend and tweak things.
0: Absolutely. There's always going to be this like ebb and flow. I always say like, yeah. use your period as your report card to kind of keep track. Okay. So you mentioned something really key there about carb ups. And can you maybe explain to our audience what that means? And and you'll notice, like I didn't even ask you, can you tell us what the ketogenic, <laughs> ketogenic diet is? Because I feel
1: like everybody knows and everyone should know, right? <laughs> Unless
0: you're living under a rock right now, because it's everywhere you look, it's keto everything. So I didn't even ask you that question because I feel like everyone kind of knows that. So we just bypassed that. So let's talk about carb ups. What do you mean by that? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So a traditional ketogenic diet is low carb, high fat. And by eating low carb, high fat, you burn fattest fuel. So when somebody says eat carbs on a ketogenic diet, you're thinking, well, if I eat carbs, how am I supposed to burn fattest fuel? So your body goes through a major transition. When it goes from burning glucose or carbohydrates as energy over to burning fat as energy, you have to build up a lot of enzymatic processes to get yourself over to the space of burning fat as energy. And once you're there, you are metabolically efficient, which means that you can jump between glucose burning, fat burning, glucose burning, fat burning. So With carb ups, what we're doing is every once in a while, so depending on your health status, like if you have amenorrhea, you would do this probably every night. Whereas if you have PCOS, you probably wouldn't do this every night. What you're doing is you're taking out most of the fat from your ketogenic meal. And I say most because it's still okay to have a couple teaspoons with your sweet potato. Like maybe you want coconut oil with your sweet potato and you can have a little bit of fat, no big deal, but you're taking out most of the fat and putting carbs in. And when I say carbs, most women respond best to more starchy carbohydrates, like your sweet potatoes, green plantains, cassava, If you want to play around with grains, you can, but I would highly recommend just don't yet (laughs) (laughs) and keep to more like paleo friendly carbohydrates, or you may find that you respond better to things like apples, pears, berries. And so you're taking out the fat, putting the carbs in. So a classic carb up meal for me is a chicken breast because it's low in fat with some broccoli, with maybe a little bit of coconut oil on top and a sweet potato. That's my go-to carve-up. It's really easy, takes moments. If I want to switch it up and get a little crazy, maybe I'll do a chicken breast with some greens. And in those greens, there's strawberries and apples or really crazy, maybe some raisins. <laughs> like, that's about as crazy as it gets. But on days like my birthday or my wedding anniversary or things like that, I might go out and have you know, a thing of popcorn at a movie or a slice of birthday cake with these carb ups. I guess it would be really impractical for me to sit here and say, all you have to do for health, wellness, and success is eat 20 grams of carbs for the rest of your life. <laughs> Welcome. Right. It's just not realistic for most humans. And there are people that can do it, but I am not one of those people. And most people, when they're told to do that, are like, okay, so yeah, I made it to breakfast and then I had a sandwich. (laughs) You know? So I think by allowing ourselves permission to eat carbs when we feel it's best for our body, it puts the onus on our body to tell us when it's time to have carbs. And like we chatted about that earlier, by having those carb ups. We're increasing tryptophan, which increases serotonin, which makes us happy and sleep better. Also melatonin. And we're going through that carb upswing, that glucose high and low while we're sleeping. So we're not craving things otherwise. We're setting our leptin levels up a little bit better. So you actually will find that you're more satiated the following day where you'll probably fast longer just naturally because you feel more satiated. So we can use carbs as a tool. And a lot of people are saying, and there's not real research on this just yet, but I feel like there will be soon, that being in a constant state of ketosis maybe isn't that great. Just like riding your bike 24 hours a day isn't great, or I don't know, eating nonstop every single moment is not okay. Like, there's a happy medium between all things. And so being in ketosis all of the time, maybe not great. Dipping in and out of ketosis with the ebb and flow of foods available and activities going on, that just makes it more of a lifestyle change that you can live long term.
0: Yeah, I really love that. So, did it take you a few tries to kind of figure out the carb ups, like how many you needed?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, still, I screw up where I know what I would respond best to, but sometimes I choose not to listen to that. (laughs) And And that's a choice. But at first I always say, start small and work your way up. So for somebody who's never done a carb up before, start by having a quarter gram of carbs for every one pound that you weigh. And that's not just a made up number. I read this in, what the heck is that book by Johnny Bowden? Low carb diets. I can't remember
0: But we um, can maybe find it on Amazon or something.
1: (laughs) Diet, Johnny Bowden. Anyway. So you start small, work your way up. And by having a quarter of a gram of carbs per 100 pounds that you weigh, if you weigh 100 pounds, and I'm just doing this because I'm no good at math, you would would eat 25 grams of carbs. And so that's your carb up. And that's only your carb up grams. It's not the full day of carbs. It's just the carb up grams. And then if you feel no different or you're like, well, I mean, that was half an apple. So thanks, Leanne. Then you could do half a gram of carbs per one pound that you weigh or a uh, three quarter gram per every one pound that you weigh or one right. gram per pound that you weigh. So just working your way up to where you feel good and knowing that by the time you figure that out, it'll change and you just have to adjust for it. I find I can handle carbs at certain times in my cycle better than I can other times. So just knowing that about yourself and noting it down, I have little reminders on my I have an app called Life and it just tells me like when to do a breast self-exam, when to eat more carbohydrates based on my cycle. And I just set up all the reminders. So it's like, hey girl, do you feel like carbs tonight? Because based on your cycle, maybe you should have some carbs today. So I love that. Yeah. It's so great. I would not be living without that thing to <laughs> do. <laughs> but yeah, those carb ups can be used majorly to our benefit. That's really great. Here's what I
0: really love about this conversation. You are a keto expert. And (laughs) yes, you totally are. And many women who want to dive into the keto diet just want the answer. What is the one thing that's going to be the solution? And there's no such thing, right? And so even hearing the expert have to make all these adjustments and ultimately have to tune in to your body and what works for you because what works for you doesn't work for everybody. I really love that you're sharing this information because I think there's a big misconception with women thinking, it's got to be this certain way with my macros and that's the only way and you can't change it.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned that Samantha, because the one thing that drives me the most crazy is how many quote unquote experts I listen to where I should have just ran in the opposite direction because they were like, just do step one, two, three, just like I do because I've figured it all out and I'm happy, healthy, and successful. Just follow what I do and you'll have everything. (laughs) When you hear that, run in the opposite direction. (laughs) Totally. Not true. I remember being so terrified when I had discovered that keto had massively changed my life. Like, I was down 20 pounds, 12% body fat. I was off my ADHD medication. It had been 32 days eating this way. And I was a vegan blogger and a vegan nutritionist. And I had to go to my entire business and everything and say, hey, I've been eating pork rinds and like bacon for the last 32 days and I'm not going to be vegan anytime soon. (laughs) Like, but I think it's so important for anyone, regardless if you're a blogger or a nutritionist or an expert in whatever, to show vulnerability in whatever you do because that's how you live from your truth and you continue to learn more about yourself and about the world around you. So Yeah, I run in the opposite direction of this.
0: (laughs) I love it. No, I really love it. And thank you so much for sharing all that. So, okay, I want to dive into dairy-free because I know (laughs) you're dairy-free. And I feel that there's a lot of people that struggle with the keto diet because so many recipes online are loaded with cream cheese and butter and all this stuff. And so how have you been able to navigate this?
1: Yeah, I mean, some people really dislike that I am dairy-free and I do too. If I wasn't allergic (laughs) to dairy, I would totally eat it. But mind you, I wouldn't eat it to the amount that most people do on keto. And I think the reason we see this is because on a standard American diet, when somebody tells you eat more fat, well, the only fat you really eat that is kind of keto approved is cheese and dairy things. And so it's really easy. It's very easy to do that. And I've had a lot of people say that, you know, I don't love the keto diet paper bag because the recipes are harder because, you know, there's coconut milk instead of cream. It's like, if you can handle those ingredients, do it. But we are the only animal that consumes the milk of another animal Mm -hmm. that's made to make their babies grow very fast. Cow's milk is made to grow these calves as quickly as possible and give them a ton of growth factors so that they can do that. And so to go on a ketogenic diet where we are generally speaking, like let's be honest, most people eat keto to lose weight and then surprise, surprise, all these other magical things happen and all of a sudden they don't care about weight and they're doing all these awesome things with their life. It's a thing that happens. Yeah. When we go keto, we wanna lose weight And then we're eating this food that is supposed to grow a baby calf. I think it's like three times their size in less than a month or something crazy. Like I remember reading this and thinking like, why are we eating dairy? Mm -hmm. I think if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, there are options. For me, it's never really been an option because I've been dairy-free for quite some time. But when I started keto, I just thought that I could eat dairy. Like, okay, well, I'm keto now. So I'm just going to eat dairy. And I did... I did the Kerrygold butter and I did the Parmesan cheese. And I lasted probably like two weeks until I had my triglycerides tested. (laughs) And it was crazy. Like my inflammatory markers were like so high. And it took me about six months to recover from two weeks of eating dairy. My inflammatory markers were high. My triglycerides went up. I actually couldn't donate blood that month because they tested my blood and they're like, no, I can't wow. They were just like, no, we can't take this. I think fat's in my blood. I can't remember. So my approach has never been with dairy since I went through that stint. And really, anytime your a recipe calls for butter, if it's a dessert, you can use cacao butter, which is the fat from chocolate. Or if it's a savory recipe or a dessert, you can use coconut oil. And if it's calling for some sort of Butter recipe where it's melted and it doesn't need to harden after. Avocado oil. If it's calling for whipped cream, you can use full fat coconut milk. If it's calling for milk, you can use full fat coconut milk or regular coconut milk or almond milk or macadamia nut milk. I mean, there's so many options now. Right. Yogurt is easy. Coconut milk, yogurt. I mean, uh, there's a lot of options. (laughs) It's easier to do dairy and way more affordable. So if going dairy-free is the only thing stopping you from trying keto, just eat the dairy, try keto, see if it works for you. And I wouldn't have said that a year ago, but I really feel the power of ketones will change the world for you. <laughs> try it. And if you love it and you want to discover what it's like to eat dairy-free, then you can do that too. But it's not as hard as people make it out to be. They're way harder things.
0: Right. Absolutely. So let's chat about saturated fat because I know that... Some people have a genetic intolerance to saturated fat. So, on my recent genetic test, it was showing me that I can only handle 22 grams of saturated fat. Yeah. Cool. Which is crazy. And so, It doesn't mean I can't do keto. It just means to be conscious of the saturated fats. And so I'm not sure if you found this to be an issue with some of the people you've worked with. Okay. Awesome.
1: Oh, I love this. And this is a thing that people are experiencing, especially now that there's like more people doing keto. Those genetic tests aren't cheap. And so some people can't afford them, but their main experience is I went keto and I literally gained 20 pounds in a week. I don't even know what happened. That is a huge sign to me that either you went to Costco and bought three bags of Costco sized nuts and you (laughs) ate all of them in a week. I've seen this happen multiple times. And then their (laughs) hormones do really fun, awesome things, AKA not fun and awesome, (laughs) or you can't do saturated fat. And so you could try monounsaturated fat and replacing that and really just taking more of a Mediterranean type of approach. your ketogenic diet. So you're going to be focusing on a lot more fish than you would ground beef. And for your oils and things, you're going to be doing olive oils, avocado oils, as opposed to coconut oil. I would stay pretty far away from any of the fatty coffee type of products because they're going to have MCTs and such. So it's just taking on a different keto. And and that's what I'm very happy that the keto space is moving in this direction because back in 2015, where I was like, yeah, just don't eat saturated fat. People were like, whoa, no, <laughs> she's crazy. So right. it's nice that people are talking about that genetic test. And I believe it's one of those genes that either it expresses on or off, but it cannot be adjusted. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I'd like to look into that one. Positive that it's one of those genes, it's on or off. It either expresses or it doesn't. doesn't. Yep. But I don't know if you can turn it off I haven't looked into whether or not it can be a gene that's turned off once it's on because I do know that some genes can like change their expression over time, but I haven't looked into it enough to say, yeah, just take milk thistle for three weeks. (laughs) and No, I don't know what the answer is there. Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. No, that's really, really great. I'm glad you touched on it and was able to expand on that because I run a 12-week high-fat, low-carb program. So it's really a program to allow Women to just get off a lot of inflammatory foods. I mean, ultimately, that's really what we're doing. We're removing a lot of grains, we're removing a lot of legumes. But again, going back to diving into intuitively what works for you, you know, part of that process in that program, it's like we have to figure out what works for you. Just because these meal plans are created doesn't mean that it's the one and only thing. So you have to find, again, what's working for you. Okay, so. Another question, thyroid health. (laughs) So the keto diet and thyroid health, I feel mainly it gets a bad rap because you hear about going too low calorie and how this is going to affect your thyroid. But I mean, the way I see it is that I find that too many women are just restricting their calories overall. And that's what's having the impact on thyroid, not necessarily keto. So maybe you can speak to that and the keto diet and thyroid.
1: Yeah, so... The ketogenic diet is going to lower our free T3 and perhaps even lower our TSH, but studies are showing that free T3, which is the active form of the thyroid hormone, when it's a little bit lower, we may actually live longer. Now, it's interesting though, because my free T3, in order to feel really good on a daily basis, my free T3 needs to be 6.5. But I've chatted with people where their free T3 needs to be about 2.3 in order to feel healthy. And so the ranges are just totally random when it comes to what feels best in your body. So, yes, eating lower carbohydrate is going to make it basically, carbohydrates allow inactive thyroid hormones to turn into active thyroid hormones. There are other ways that it can happen, but carbohydrates do play a role in that. So, if you Start eating keto and your hair is falling out. Now, some people will say that this is like a detox sign of keto, but if you really love your hair and you don't <laughs> want to turn into Captain Luke Picard or like test that, you might just want to increase your carbs. And when my hair was falling out, it took about three months for my thyroid to recover as well as my hair to stop falling out in order to see the changes. So know that don't just have one carb up and think your hair is just going to stop falling out and your thyroid is going to be better. And we chatted about that previously. It just takes time. Yeah. So yes, a ketogenic diet can cause, may not cause a reduction in these hormones, but in some cases it's a good thing. And what I've noticed a lot of is women specifically come into keto with an already affected Thyroid, so their TSH is already super high, which isn't a good thing, and their free T3 is already super low. And then they eat keto, and by eliminating a lot of inflammation and eating differently, they're like, oh, all of a sudden, I don't feel so good. And the thyroid imbalance was actually there, but because we're changing so many of the processes that our body uses on a daily basis to create energy, even is completely different our body's going to respond and send us different signals, even though those signals might have already been there. And that's something that I noticed in my own blood work is my thyroid didn't really bother me before I was keto, but I had a bad number and it didn't change, but I just noticed it more on keto. And so... Got the help I needed to support my thyroid, and now I don't need to support it as much as I did before because I've done a lot of healing for it. So, does that help?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really good points there. So, you touched
1: on fasting
0: earlier, and can we dive into fasting for women and maybe some tips you have around there? Do it, don't do it.
1: Oh my gosh, such a loaded question. I know, totally. (laughs) So, Originally, and a lot of us will think that in order to be keto, I need to fast. And so we'll force ourselves to fast for at least 18 hours a day. Now I see fasting as a tool that I can use at my disposal. So like on days where I'm recording for 14 hours, this is the 12th hour, I've just had fatty coffees all day because my brain just does better on them. But on days where I'm not recording, I'm probably going to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, or maybe when I'm hiking, I'll just have water. Or maybe when I'm meeting up with a friend, I won't have anything until like noon. And then I like to think of fasting as a tool that I get to use when I want it and a permission slip not to eat if I don't feel like eating. But how I was using it before was I'm keto, therefore I have to fast every day. And there's a big difference between the two. And then there's different goals. Like if you want to increase cellular regeneration and do well for your cells, you're gonna wanna fast with just water. Maybe bone broth if you wanna get into it, but probably just water. Now, if you want to regulate your insulin, then you can have fatty coffees and fatty drinks and the bone broths with the fat and you'll still fast. It just won't increase autophagy or autophagy, or however everyone else says it, Yep, (laughs) cellular regeneration. And so maybe you want to do both. Maybe you want to balance your blood sugar and also increase cellular regeneration. Well, then tomorrow do just water and the next day do just fatty coffee. And the next day after that, have a breakfast. And then maybe the next day after that, for the next five days, you have breakfast every day. And maybe you try out having breakfast and lunch, but no dinner or breakfast and dinner no lunch and just play around with it no way is the right way and nobody can tell you what works best for your body than you. So if you feel really good on just water, keep doing that thing. And then when you don't feel good, try something else. So yeah, that's kind of my thought on fasting.
0: No, I love it. And I mean, it's exactly really what I do. There are days when I feel really hungry in the morning and I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to eat. I feel really hungry. I need food right now. And then there are other days where I have this Amazing energy, and I feel lighter, and I can drink water and have a little bone broth. And then I work out fasted, and then I eat after that. And so it all is just paying attention to the signals that my body is sending me and just really honoring that. So, yeah, thanks for diving into that. Okay, we got a few minutes before I let you go. And one last question I know you're on the road a lot, you and your husband, you are living the RV lifestyle everybody, I mean, they can't see you right now, but I can see you. And I know that you are in a hotel room right now doing this recording with me. So I really appreciate it. So how have you been able to navigate this lifestyle with being keto?
1: Oh, okay. So it's actually really easy from a nutrition standpoint. I mean, as long as there's a Costco, some of the food desert. So I'm Canadian, if you can't tell by my crazy accent, which I've told is quite thick, <laughs> but I don't hear it. So I'm Canadian and we came down to the States to visit and we got five-year visas. So we're down here exploring and soaking in how different the culture is, which is actually quite different. And food deserts are a real thing. And I didn't know until I visited certain areas where you have to drive sometimes three hours to get to a grocery store with fresh food. And that is not so much a challenge for me. I just have a really hard time with it because that's not cool that the world is like that for some people. Right, that just makes me really upset. But for us, it's like, okay, just load up the Jeep and we're going to take it into Costco and load up on food. And I usually do a Costco run at least once a month. And I try to like push it till the very end when we have no more food left in the house. Because when you live in an RV, we have a residential style fridge, but if you fill that residential style fridge up with food, that's a lot of power. So you have to start thinking about how your food impacts how much power you have and how much water you're going to need to cook that food, you get a lot more conscious about the packaging. Because if you get a lot of stuff with packaging, which Costco sucks at all the packaging that they have on stuff. So I try to get low packaging food from Costco and whatever I can't get. We do a lot of markets. If we're staying in a location for a longer period of time, I'll do a quick Google search and see if there's any ranches in the area that sell certain meats, like grass-fed, grass-finished meats. So I'm always visiting with ranchers buying (laughs) um, some sort of cow from somebody. And so you just have to get a little bit creative. And then there's things like Thrive Market, which makes it also really easy, like Butcher Box, all those things where you can just order your food, it shows up the next day, you load it in the RV and you keep going. I think my favorite thing to do is to go to a grocery store with the RV, which is a rare occurrence because it's big and it's bulky and it's dangerous to like go into little places where you might not be able to get out. But when we go to like Costco on a Wednesday morning and nobody's in the parking lot, and I go shopping and then push the cart in front of the house and like load it up, like, no <laughs> that's awesome. Do that, like, yeah, it just feels so great being able to like load up my house in the Costco parking lot. So I think as long as you can find vegetables and meat and some sort of fat, which on the road is usually coconut oil or avocado oil or olive oil, it's like pretty easy. And it's actually easier because you're not just... Usually we're in the forest where there aren't any humans and we're pretty far away from <laughs> civilization. It's not like, let's go to 7-Eleven and get some ice cream. You're going to drive at least an hour and a half. Do you really want that ice cream? So it <laughs> totally. really puts things into perspective.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's amazing following your journey over on Instagram. And if you guys are not following Leanne, you definitely want to head over there and follow her. What's your Instagram handle?
1: healthful pursuit.
0: Awesome. And you're also at healthfulpursuit.com and your podcast, the keto diet. And in the show notes, I will share the link to your keto beginning and fat fueled ebook bundle. And if you get the bundle together, you save 16%. So yeah,
1: depending on when this interview goes live, we're actually opening up our happy keto body program, August 20th to the 26th. So if it goes sometime around that time-ish, you guys can go to happyketobody.com and maybe you can include the link. Maybe not. We'll see. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. And I'll be sure to
0: put that link in the show notes as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, sharing all your amazing insights and knowledge. And I will definitely have to get you back on the show at another time so we can dive into more questions. It was so great. So thank you, Leanne.
1: I would love that. Thanks so much for having me, Samantha.
0: No problem. Take care.
1: What an amazing
0: interview with Leanne. She is so full of knowledge and she really rocked it today. If you guys are looking for more information on all things keto, head on over to her website at healthfulpursuit.com. And of course, you can head on over to today's podcast episode link at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 26. And there I share all of the links to her online programs, her happy keto body which is an amazing online program. If you're interested in diving into all things keto, then you definitely want to check out her online program. And I also share the links to her online ebook bundle. She's got The Keto Beginning and her other book, Fat Fueled. So you're going to love all the recipes and the information in her books. Head on over to the show notes and you can grab all that information there. And of course, head on over to purefeast.com. Use the coupon code Wellness. You can save 10% on your first three orders over $75. They've got lots of great keto products over there. And if you are in the US, you can shop on the Perfect Keto site perfectketo.com and save 15% using coupon code holistic wellness. So thank you everybody for tuning in today. Come check me out over on Instagram. If you've got questions, ideas, topics that you'd like me to address in a future episode, don't hesitate to connect with me over on Instagram at holistic wellness foodie. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in and I'll chat with you guys next week.